been in a series this summer uh, titled Infinite Grace, where we've been looking at uh, the grace of God through the book of Galatians. And just to give you a, a brief little background, uh, many of you heard this several times now, just bear with me, but the Apostle Paul uh, went out on a, on a journey about two or three years prior to writing this book, and he's, he planted a few churches. He started some new churches in this region of what is now Turkey. And then he returned to uh, the town of Antioch, and he heard word that the, the, the sheep, the people in these churches that he had started in a, in a, region, a region called Gala, had begun uh, to divert from the path of grace. And they had new pastors who were teaching them that they had to follow all of the Old Testament laws, dietary, dress, um, including, and this is where, this is where Paul will, will uh, sort of bring things to a boil in this passage we're looking at today, but in, including circumcision. Yes, uncomfortable subject, I realize. Um, But uh, not nearly as uncomfortable to us as it would have been to the male converts in the church, churches in Gala, right? Because these were Greek culture people, and they came to Christ through Paul's leadership and subsequent sharing of the gospel by the churches there. And now they're being told by their pastors, well, yes, Jesus is a good thing but it's not enough. Uh, you have to also follow all these rules. And by the way, there's this one rule that's the most important one. You cannot be in good standing with God unless this particular rule is applied. And so the pressure was put on, and, and like you or I would probably do, uh, these disciples asked for a second opinion. Right? Are you sure this is what we need to do? And so they'd written to Paul to say, help? <laughs> is there any way, is there a loophole anywhere that you can help us out with? And Paul kind of flips, and he writes the letter to the churches of Gala. We call it the letter, the, you know, the book of Galatians, um, to effectively say, it is Christ alone which saves us, It is Christ alone which sustains us. It is Christ alone which grows us in grace. And it is Christ alone who will take us to glory for eternity. And so, here we are in the passage we're coming to this morning. A little bit of, uh, you know, discomfort is good for the people of God. So, uh, let's read, beginning in chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm just going to read verses 1 through 15, and you will see uh, the Apostle Paul turning to this subject and taking up the matter of whether or not Christ needs any help. From Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, 
tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So, bear with me for a second. I thought that uh, Craig Russell was going to be here this morning. Okay? And so, there, I'm, I'm sort of uh, built a couple of the points in this sermon around an experience that he and I shared, and it would have been a lot more fun uh, if he had been here, but he's not, and that's okay. I still love him. Um, he's one of our deacons, if you're wondering who this is. And uh, a few years back, he and I went on a fishing trip together. And uh, it was kind of an unusual set of circumstances, but um, my brother-in-law called me up and he said, hey, I have this friend who owns a, a fishing lodge uh, in Alaska, and he, uh, he doesn't have any clients this summer for these, this period of time, and he needs, he needs somebody to come, and so his guides will get paid, and he'll just let us stay and eat for free, and we just have to tip the guides. And uh, so it was a set, preset, predetermined set of dates, which is very important for me to tell you because it also coincided with my 15th wedding anniversary. Um, 
and I just wanted to say it wasn't my fault, right, that those dates, I mean, you know, yes, my wife was very understanding and is still getting a lot of mileage out of that timing of that particular trip, but all that's really not important. Craig and I and a few others were were in Alaska, and this is kind of how it works. This guy had, there was a, there was a mountaintop that had sort of been shaved to something close to what you might call level if you're in Alaska, and you could land a bush plane there, and if you really knew what you were doing. And so we come in on this on this little plane built in the 1950s, and it drops in and lands and stops and does a little spin at the end of the runway, and um, you're in the middle of absolute nowhere. The plane engine shuts off, and it's complete silence. And it's beautiful, and it's powerful. And, you know, you go to the lodge, and you hope that the, the logs that the lodge is built out of, which is the logs that they, when they cleared the space for the plane, they just used those to build the lodge. And you just hope they stand up if the grizzly bears come to look for something to eat, right? <clears throat> and so you get up, and uh, you, you go down, you, you, you walk down to the river, and uh, we get down there, and there's a, there's a guide for about every two fishermen. And I say guide. That's, that's a very loose term here. These are college students, for the most part, who are just spending their summer trying to earn some, some cash uh, in Alaska. And they really don't necessarily know anything about fly fishing. They just are there to make sure you don't get killed by a grizzly bear, right, or by doing something stupid. So they've, they've got bandoliers of ammunition, and they've got you know, shotguns slung over their shoulders and 44s on their hips. And, I mean, it looks like you're walking into a war zone or something. And so we walk down to the river, and the first guide... He was like, all right, well, we can, we can cross here or we can go upstream about a half a mile. And, um, and Craig looks at him. This is where I really wish Craig was here. And he's like, here's good. All right. And so the guide goes in and, and gets about two-thirds of the way across the river. Craig is about, well, there's another guy, another guest with us who's behind, next in line behind the guide, and then Craig. So you've got a guy who's about two-thirds of the way across, a guy that's about halfway across, and a guy that's about a third of the way across, and then you've got me standing there going, y'all are crazy, all right? And the guide takes his next step and kabloom, completely disappears under the water, all right? And this is, this is like snow melts, rushing, current, like, dude, is he going to come up? kind of water, and about 10 yards downstream, he pops up, you know, comes out on the other side. I can't repeat anything that he said, um, and, and the guy in front of Craig in his uh, outdoor sense of brilliance just keeps going, gets to about exactly the same point where the guy disappeared, and just kabloom disappears under the water about 10 yards downstream. He pops up, can't repeat anything he said, um, comes out the other side, and these guys have their waders that are now full of water. It is hilarious 
This is the funniest thing you've ever seen. These guys, these like clown pants. So Craig, being the experienced, yielding, humble soul that he is, um, went straight ahead. Got to exactly the same point in the river, and I'm like, dude, I don't think I'd do that. And there's nothing but a cowboy hat bobbing down the river. And about 10 yards downstream, Craig doesn't pop up, but you see a hand going boom, 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 grabs the hat, holds the hat up, and comes up right into the hat. Walks out the other side. He didn't say anything that can't be repeated. He was very gracious. I'm just kidding. That was like a joke, but smaller and not as funny. So... Craig comes out the other side. Now you got three guys with their clown pants on who now have to undress in front of God and everybody, right? And I'm thinking, what if the bear comes now? This is going to be good. And I walk about a half mile upstream with the guide that I'm with. And he goes, he goes oh, we made it. we've made it across here all summer long. I said, you go first. And he made it across fine, and I followed him, and we, were all, we all met back up at the rendezvous point over there. Had a great day of fishing. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering how I'm going to land this plane, uh, it, it goes something like this. Paul is, is looking at the, the people of God in this little church, and he says there's, there's a current that flows through all of humanity. And it's, it's one that's common to all of us that we all must wade through. And if we, if we lose our footing, the current takes over. It's that natural. And the, the current is our desire to do for ourselves, our desire to fix ourselves, our desire to right ourselves. Okay? And so... It is common to all of us to want to, um, what did Frank Sinatra sing? Not New York, New York. My way, right? How does that song go? Jim, you got to remember this. I did it my way. Is that how it goes? Is that the title of it? Right? That is so American, isn't it? And it's so human, and it's so true, and that really is the current New York, New York. (laughs) He did, he did, you are correct. Um, But I did it my way, right? We are all prone to this tendency, which works okay for most of life in this culture we live in, full of other people who are doing it their way. But in our relationship with God, he effectively says, um, I did this my way. And it's my way or your way, but you can't have both. You can't have my way or the highway. There you go. Um, and Paul says there's this current that flows through all of humanity. That's the, it's the my way current. And when we lose our footing 
in the grace of God, we get swept away. It's so easy. It's that easy. It's already flowing. It's already all around us. And so, let me give you tip number one for crossing a river or abiding in God's grace. Lean into the current. When you're walking across that river, you have to actually physically lean upstream. And then you have this balance that you would constantly be losing if you didn't. We have to lean into the current of humanity, of doing things our own way. We have to lean against that. Because our tendency is just to pick up our feet and freelance, if you will. Well, Paul says, um, you know, freedom is good. It's the whole point for which Christ set us free. And yet, freedom is a grounding. Freedom in Christ is a grounding. It's something solid and fixed and helpful when we're in the midst of that current and so, we are to find our footing in the grace of God, in the work of Christ, in what He has done, not in what we can do. And so, the way you find your footing in a flowing river, and this is, this is a little bit counterintuitive, all right, but you, you, you put your foot out in front of you, you're, you're leaning into the current, you put your foot out, and if you find a, a little rock under there, uh, what is your tendency to do? Step on it, right? Use it to get yourself up a little bit higher as you go forward. Can be a big mistake. If you, if you have been listening to what the guides have been telling you, here's what you do. You find that rock, you slide your foot before you put any weight on it down to where the rock hits the bottom. You step there. No matter how uncomfortable that is, you have, your foot has nowhere down left to go. All right? So that's where you, you settle your foot where it's sturdy and fixed. And Paul is saying in this opening portion of, of this passage, stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We have to find our footing in the gospel. We have to stay where the grace is. That's what keeps us from being swept away in this current of our own humanity. We have to stay where the grace is. It's all or nothing. And Paul makes a great point here. And, and we've, we've talked about this before. He's, he's, he's repeating himself at this point. But if you take the work of Christ and you add anything to it, whether it be circumcision or good behavior or good diet or good dress or any human rule, what have you done? You have negated the gospel of salvation by grace through Jesus Christ. Paul says you're not just saved by grace, you're grown by grace, you're sustained by grace, you're carried by grace throughout your Christian life and eternity. It is by grace, not by works. And so, Paul reminds us this is an all or nothing proposition. We either 
rest completely in the finished work of Christ or we do it on our own. We have to lean into the current, find our footing, and take small steps of faith, really. Um, You know, if you're crossing a river on foot, leaps of faith are a really bad idea, right? You want to take little steps, one little step at a time. You're eager to get out, but don't be too eager because that'll get you in, okay? So, Paul essentially says, here's what counts. Here's what matters. Um, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So, we are to patiently hope and genuinely love. This is how we keep our footing in Christ. Through looking hopefully ahead and through loving from our hearts where it matters, when it counts. We have to lean against this current of humanity, of our own humanity, that says, I'll just do it my way. And so, we lean into the current, and then my next tip for Craig, had he been here, would be to stay with the right guide. All right? So, if the 19-year-old mountain man dude who's been doing this all summer long, if he goes under, get out. Right? There's no way I'm going to be able to... No. Come on. Okay. You get my point. Um, If your guide goes under, turn around. If your guide gets swept along in this sea of, of human doing, get out of the river. That's not a safe place to cross. And, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> I really shouldn't do this, but that rarely stops me. Um, you know, I was on Facebook the other day, and I was looking at a high school friend of mine, and she had recently gotten remarried, and uh, she, the, I don't know who this guy is. I've never seen him before in my life. He looks very European, right? You know what I mean by that, I guess? I don't know. Um, and they've got pictures of their wedding on Facebook, and I'm, I just you know flipped through a couple of them, and I'm like, wait a minute, back, back, back. That's Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen did her wedding. That's bizarre, right? So I asked a couple buddies, and yep, that was him. Very well connected, I guess. I don't know. Um, here's my point. It is easy to go and find a church that will tell you to do it your way. Where the sermons are really what I would call how-to Christianity. Where we are taught from the Word 
how to hold on, how to be stronger, how to do more, how to be giants, how to be And so, if your guide goes into this current of doing and how to and loses his footing in the grace of God, go. It's not a safe place to cross. Use in your own Christian life the litmus test of grace. That's what Paul is saying to these people. That this is about grace. It's about what Christ has done. And if someone is telling you, you have to do more, you have to be better, you have to behave a certain way or dress or eat a certain way, get out. It's not a safe place. Use the litmus test of grace. Live in the Word of God and dwell, abide in that grace. Because it doesn't take much to sweep us away, to lose our footing and be swept away. The current is already there. It's all around us. Our entire society is going that way. And it is easy for us to lose footing and be swept away. Confusion, Paul tells us in verses 9 and 10, that's easy. I can take this book and teach you just about anything I want, twisted or otherwise. If I'm teaching you from the Word of God, and I do not leave you at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, I have failed you as a pastor. It is the only ground upon which we can call ourselves Christians, what Christ has done for us. So if I give you a good how-to sermon, um, and at the end, I then try to nail a gospel presentation to what I've said, I haven't led you to the cross. I've tried to leap there, maybe. The Word of God, every page, every chapter, every word is aimed at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. It is that simple. But the current is so strong, we have to follow the right guide to get us across safely. If your guide goes under, turn around and follow the one who is leading you to the cross. That is our strength. He is probably not the most popular of guides. All right? Um, have you ever heard Osteen preach? Have you ever turned on the TV and listened to that guy? He's actually very compelling. 
in a really weird, creepy kind of way, but he's very compelling. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, he's a little creepy. I don't know about you, but I get that. He's very compelling, and he's extremely popular. Why? Because at the end of the, at the, end of the day, his message is essentially this, and I've actually heard him say this. Buck up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get a hold of yourself. And hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Who's doing the work in any or all of those phrases? You are. We are called to the finished work of Christ. That is what we rely upon for everything. And so... We are called to follow the guide who is leading us to the cross. He's probably not the most popular, but we must accept no substitutes. I was thrilled. We got one laugh when I read the part of the passage about I wish they would go the whole way. Right? You, you interpreted correctly when you laughed. That is hilarious. I don't care who you are. I'm not Larry the Cable Guy, but that's funny. All right? And Paul, Paul is, <laughs> he's upset. He's furious that these people have snuck in and led his sheep astray down this current, just floating along. So he says, yeah, I wish if they're going to preach circumcision, just move it up a couple notches. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. So, we are to um, be a people who know how to lean into the current, lean against the current of humanity, and stand firm in the grace of God. A people who stay with the right guide, and we're called to enjoy the fishing. Um, Paul essentially says in verse 13, if I can paraphrase, enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ. Don't be burdened by all the obligations of what people are telling you you must do. You're free. Enjoy the freedom. He says, you know, freedom is not license. The fact that you're free in Christ doesn't mean that you get to just go do whatever you want. It comes with responsibility. So don't be a taker. Be a giver. Christ did not die so that I can be a selfish jerk. All right? Now, does his grace cover my being a selfish jerk? Unfortunately, yes. All right? Um, But that's not the purpose of what he did or why he did it. He died to give us freedom that we might do for others what He has done for us. That we might reflect His grace, His sacrificial love, His heart to those around us. And so, we're called to be those who have giving souls that reflect what Christ has done for us. He gave us freedom we must not use our freedom to burden others. 
we should be in the business of freeing others. So we're to enjoy the freedom, and we're to enjoy the companionship. And, uh, you know, I didn't know this about Craig when we went on this trip. You know, I, I had called him and asked him if he wanted to go. He said, heck yes, you know, free lodge, and all we did paid for was airfare and the guides. It was a great deal, and it was a no-brainer. And we get up there, and we get all the gear down to the river. We get across the river. He drains his waders out. Um, I have a picture of that. I couldn't find it. I was looking for it last night. I wanted to put that up there for you. It's pretty good. Um, but they get, they get all their gear back on, and we hike a little farther to this spot where they wanted to take us, and we start fishing. And I look around, and Craig is laying on a sandy bank of the river. He's got his head on a rock, and he's got his hat pulled down over his face. And I said, uh, hey, you know, we came here to fish. He goes, you came here to fish. I came here for this. I went, okay. Then he's getting his money's worth. And what I didn't take into account, the main reason he went was for the camaraderie, for the friendship, for the the being together, the companionship of the adventure. We are to enjoy that companionship with one another. We are to love each other as Jesus has loved us. And Paul ends with a little bit of a rebuke. He says we're to keep the critical comments at bay, in check. And here, here, if I can summarize this for you, Paul says, look, you're the church. It's about love. That's what we're here for. To enjoy the love of Christ, to express that love to each other, to sacrifice, to give, to care, to enjoy. So keep the critical comments at bay. Because no, no wife, no husband, no child, no coworker, no neighbor, no one has ever been made into a better person through our criticism, our sarcasm, or our negativity towards them. And Paul says, protect this gift that Christ has given you. It's precious. And it's, it's about love. And if you're not careful, you'll lose your footing and you'll get swept along with the way everybody else does life. And that can be negative and destructive. And so keep your feet firmly planted. Stand firm in the grace of God. It is the only thing that saves us and the only thing that sustains us. Will you pray with me? God, our Father, we thank you for your word that you have called us to yourself and that you have done all of the work of salvation, of our growth, of our eternal standing with you.
Lord, may we rest in that. May we enjoy the freedom that you have won for us in Christ. And may we express your love to everyone around us. Help us to keep our hearts in check. To resist, to lean against the current of our society. And to keep our feet firmly planted in your grace. In your son's name we pray. Amen.